Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. Majestic is your name in all the earth. <laughs> when I consider the heavens that you have made, the work of your fingers, the stars and the moon that you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of him? Human beings that you care for them, you made them a little lower than the angels. You have crowned us with glory and honor. You have made us rulers over the works of your hands. All the flocks and herds, all the animals of the wild, the birds of the sea, the fish in the sea, and all that swim in the paths of the sea. Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Those are the lyrics of a song that was written by King David of Israel thousands of years ago. And he's basically saying that when we look at creation, it has three impacts on us as human beings. Number one, it inspires worship of our creator. You know, you see beauty and you say, who made that, you know? You see the complexity of the design and you say, who masterminded this? Now, it's not, pantheism. Pantheism is God in nature. You end up, you know, worshiping Mother Earth and you, you look for God in what he has made. In other words, you're looking for the creator inside of his creation, but God made creation outside of himself. I have a daughter-in-law who is uh, an amazing jeweler and uh, 
on occasion, I've had the opportunity to see her creations. And, uh, and it just causes you to say, oh, is that ever beautiful, you know? But I don't look at the ring she made and say, wow, how did you make yourself into that? <laughs> you know, you, I, I, I tell the ring, you know, you are so beautiful. No, I, I, I say to the one who designed it and made it, wow, what a beautiful creation that you have made. And, and King David is saying that in the Psalm, first of all, he's saying, you know, when I go into creation, <laughs> it causes me to say, Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name. I see it in all the earth. Now, there's a second uh, response that we have when we get into creation, and that is God uses creation to reveal himself to us. So it, creation reveals knowledge of its creator. Um, were you with us on Alpha Weekend just a couple of weekends ago at One Church TO? We, um, we had uh, an Alpha video and uh, Nikki Gumbel was explaining how throughout history, a lot of scientists had come to a knowledge of God through what they saw, the beauty in math and science and medicine, what they discovered under a microscope or by looking through a telescope caused them to turn to God. And, and remember Dr. Francis Collins who headed up the mapping of the human genome project? Remember what he had to say? What do you believe, doctor? And ultimately, I had to admit to myself that her question had made me realize that I had arrived at an answer to the most important issue that we humans ever deal with. Is there a God? And I had arrived there without ever really looking at the evidence. And I was supposed to be a scientist. You know, Esther and I recently watched a movie about the boreal forest in Canada, and they've discovered that the roots of these trees, like these trees around me, they actually talk to each other. They have their underground system of networking. That, matter of fact, they use the illustration of, of the internet, but they said it's more impressive than the internet because under the ground where you cannot see, they're not only communicating information with each other, these trees are sharing chemical, <laughs> chemicals with each other. So it's just amazing how when you look at the beauty and the complexity of the design that God has made, you know, creation reveals something of God to us. Now, it also replenishes the person it, it, you, you get out into nature. I don't know how many studies have been done. Right now, they have a name for it. Have you heard of it? Eco-psychology has become a big deal in recent years as they discover more and more how humans are wired to be outside. We've heard a lot about this during COVID, haven't we? Just get outside. It'll reset you emotionally. It'll do you some good. Well, listen, one study was done by Yale University and what they did is they took a thousand different studies on the impact being outside, being out in nature had on human beings, all right? Here's what they found by looking at these, Yale University found by looking at these thousand studies. They say it can lower blood pressure, just being outside in nature. It can lower stress hormone levels. It can enhance your immune system function, increases your self-esteem, reduces anxiety and improves your mood. Attention deficit disorder and aggression lessen. 
when people are out in natural environments, which it also helps speed the rate of healing. Now, when they looked at these thousand studies, here's their conclusion. They say nature, it, it, it says all these studies point in one direction. Nature is not only nice to have, it is a have to have for physical strength and cognitive functioning, you know? So when I <laughs> went to church, they didn't tell me anything about God's creation. It was always about the new heaven and the new earth. And yet you look at God when he wanted to communicate to people. He, he would take them out under the stars like Abraham. And then I love that verse of Abraham's grandson, Jacob, where it, it says this, it says, he worshiped as he leaned on his staff. And Hebrews in the New Testament repeats that curious little verse. You're just outside just worshiping God. I, I get that. You know, I think when I get old, I, I, if I have to have a walking aid, I'll, I'll be worshiping on it out in nature. I just, well, look back at the Garden of Eden. God takes the first human beings. Where does he place them? Right in nature. Right amongst forests and, and plants and wild animals, God places them there in that beauty. And, uh, and, and then Jesus in the New Testament where he would want to get away and get perspective and have a prayer time with Father God, where would he go? He would get by the lake, the Sea of Galilee. The disciples had to go looking for him sometimes trying to find him because it, it says in the gospels, he would find an isolated place to pray. He would go up on a mountain time sometimes to pray. He, he would just get out into nature. Why? Because nature replenishes us, all right? So we've seen that when I'm out in creation, worship rises from me to God. How majestic is your name, O Lord? We've, we've seen how creation reveals a knowledge of God. And we've also seen how being out in the natural environment that God made replenishes the person. So why didn't I hear about these things when I was growing up in church? You know, I, 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 I never heard a lot of, I heard a lot of, you know, songs that went along with this theme. Don't worry, I won't sing it. <laughs> this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. If heaven's not my home, oh Lord, what will I do? The idea is, you know, just get out of this creation that God has made. And, uh, yeah, I, and I heard a lot of verses about, you know, the new heaven and the new earth and, and little, little or nothing about taking care of this beautiful earth that God had made for us. You know, the idea was sort of like this. If we're going to get a new planet anyway, <laughs> a new earth, a new heaven and a new earth, then just let this one go. Just let it decline. You know, if this one's going to be destroyed anyway, then why bother taking care of it? But then I would read in Scripture verses like this in Romans 8. Now, notice when I read these verses from Romans 8, notice the intertwining, the interconnectedness, just like the roots of the trees around me, the, the interconnection between nature and humans, all right? The Apostle Paul says this, recorded in Romans 8, against its will... All creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers, 
also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too, we too, along with creation, await with eager hope. Do you see it? It's like when we messed up the planet by going our own way and not God's way, because we weren't made robots, we were made with the freedom of choice. When we did that, we not only broke ourselves, we broke the planet that God gave us to enjoy and to receive from and to live on. It, it, it's, it's like when we broke God's plan, we broke the planet. Now, God's the owner. He's the creator and the owner of the planet, you know, but we are the trustees. We're the stewards. We're the caretakers of planet Earth. You see that right in the first book of the Bible, Genesis 1. Here's God's instructions to the first humans, okay? He says, rule over every seed-bearing plant, every seed creature, every land animal, every living thing. Genesis chapter 2. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So what does being a trustee look like? What responsibilities do we have as humans when God, like Psalm 8 I read from earlier, said rule over all of this creation. God's the owner, but we're the trustees. What are the responsibilities of the trustees? Now, we've been in a great series that Pastor Jonathan has led us into, and man, it's just been so impactful. It's got us all thinking differently. Now we're in the final teaching, and it's about what is our responsibility as trustees? And I, I do it from, uh, I think, the greatest country on the planet. Arguably, Canada has the most beautiful natural environments and natural resources, unspoiled, untainted uh, countryside, uh, the, the fresh water like no other country in the world has, just so much unspoiled beauty. And I do it from, I do it from my favorite part of the planet here in the, on the Canadian Shield in the near north of Canada. But I wanna tell you today, because there are really three responsibilities that you and I have as trustees. Let's talk about it today. does it actually look like to be a good trustee of God's creation? Well, let's talk about it. You know what happens? When I'm a good trustee, you're a good trustee of God's creation, you know what happens? We reveal God to people. Yeah, it, it actually works that way. Creation reveals the glory of God. Scripture says it that way. But listen to the Apostle Paul when he writes to the Christians in Rome. He's so clear. He says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, 
his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. It's like nature is God's evangelist, a pure bearer of good news that this God that made this is powerful, but he also makes beautiful things. And, and it's like, all right, what happens then if, if nature's trying to do its job <laughs> and we mess up nature? Do you know what happens? If we pollute the air, we pollute the water, we end up blurring the way that God is revealed to people. And uh, it just, we, we mess up creation. We mess up the kind of view that people otherwise could have of God. And now, conversely, if we clean up the earth, we make it easier for people to see the glory of God in creation. So, so never forget that. The better the shape the planet is in, the better the shape we keep it in by repairing it and restoring it, the better shape the planet is in, the easier time it has to do its job in revealing God to people. Isn't that something? Now, there's another way that we reveal God to people by taking good care of his creation as his trustees. And that is when people see followers of Jesus, who was there with the Father from the beginning to make all of this, you know, let us make <laughs> man in our image, you know. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all revealed in creation. Jesus, Colossians says, holds all creation together. Now, when people see followers of Jesus who understand this, taking good care of the planet, it, it, it actually makes it easier for them to see God in us. You know, if uh, on Earth Day for the last few years, as long as Esther and I lived across from Fairview Mall in Toronto, at Don you know, if you looked out on Earth Day and saw a group of people from the condo we lived in, uh, you'd see Esther and I amongst them with garbage bags, picking up stuff on Earth Day, trying to take good care of our planet. Now that we live up here outside Perry Sound in the near north in McKellar, Ontario, we plant trees. We plant a lot of trees. You say, how can you plant trees? How do you plant trees? Get ready to grow. How do you plant trees during COVID? You plant them two meters, six feet from each other. <laughs> but it's amazing how when we take good care of God's creation, people then, it just earns us the right to be heard on a lot of even more eternal issues. I, I love what our church is doing, the Love Army, has given us these projects, these 10 challenges. Man, I, I'm doing some of them already, some I'm challenged, and I'm going to be doing them just simply because our church is doing this. I, I think that is so amazing. But listen to me, we need to do it in a way where we don't get judgmental of people who don't have the same awareness, knowledge, or care that we do. We, we can't be judgmental. Here's what I thought of. I thought of a time where, when my sons were living at home, where one of them got after me for drinking water out of those, you know, plastic bottles that just end up messing up the oceans and, and, and lakes and environment. And, and so I, I, and I listened because they were right. And so I started, that's one thing I did. I started drinking of a water bottle. But every time he gets a ride with me to the church building and we walked in, he'd always press the automatic door button. And oh, did that bug me because he was using up energy. He's, a, you know, 
strong enough to just open the door himself. It's amazing how quickly you can let this whole thing about the environment, to, to, where you become judgmental of people who aren't doing what you're doing to care for the environment. I remember when my wife and I had someone visiting our home, and it was after supper, and I said, does anyone want some ice cream? And I pulled the ice cream out of the freezer. And the person that was visiting with us, she, she said, she said, who makes it? And I said, it's, you know, vanilla ice cream from wherever. She says, but who's the manufacturer? And I had to look and find out who, what company owned the company. <laughs> you know, she, she, she did not want to, she boycotted companies that she felt did damage to the environment. And while that might be so admirable, I remember the words of the Apostle Paul coming to my mind. I didn't say them to her in that moment. But you know, when you go to someone's house as a guest, because back in his day, a big taboo for a lot of Christians was eating meat that was offered to some false god, offered to idols. And, and Paul says, Listen, when you go to the guest of someone's house, don't ask, you know, just take it off the barbecue and enjoy it unless you're a vegetarian, you know. So we need to be so careful that we don't become judgmental because then we're not revealing God, are we? If we have a judgmental or sense of superiority looking down on people who don't have the same standards of conduct and behavior in treating the environment the way we do, it so easily goes there. So we need to make sure that we realize that just like creation reveals God, our attitude to others who don't agree with us needs to reflect God as well. All right, so when we take care of creation, uh, it reveals God to people and more clearly. And it also does this, watch this. When we take care of creation as good trustees, we're caring for people. We're caring for people. As a matter of fact, I thought to myself, <laughs> next time someone says to me, don't worry about caring for the planet. God's gonna make a new heaven and a new earth. Just let this one go, just let it decline. Next time someone says that to me, I'm gonna say this to them in response, all right? Don't worry about your body. The Bible says God's gonna give you a new one, <laughs> a glorious body like Jesus has after he rose from the dead. And so don't worry about this one, you know? Don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about eating garbage food in your diet. Don't worry about going to the dentist. Just let your teeth rot. <laughs> Don't worry about using deodorant. Just let your personal hygiene go. And people say, oh, no, no, but, because, but that would affect the people around me. Exactly, exactly. When we care for the planet, the planet cares for us. We've seen that. We saw that last week with our, our guests. Wasn't that amazing? But we understand that without clean air and water, people aren't able to drink, they aren't able to eat. Without oxygen, they can't breathe. Uh, without soil, they cannot eat. Now, do you know who is most affected by environmental decline? Do you know who's most affected? The very people that Jesus said, you Christians, you watch out for them, poor people. People who, you know, they're people that have money. They can use up the limited resources and buy them for themselves. And people who don't have, you know, food and water, 
they're the ones that suffer. And Jesus, do you remember, he said, one day people will stand before me and say, Lord, when did we feed you? When did we see you hungry? When did we give you water to drink? And he'll say, whenever you did it for the least of these, you have done it unto me. Do you remember that? Matthew in, in, in the Gospels. And so we understand that, that when we are good to people, we're, we're actually taking care of them. But when we take care of the planet, we're also taking care of them. Je Jesus is clear on this. Now, you know, I used to sort of say, Jesus, um, when you say even a cup of cold water given in my name <laughs> will have its reward. Listen, with water pollution these days, now that means something, doesn't it? You know, it's to make sure that humans across the planet have clean, healthy water to drink. Now that means that no wonder Jesus says that it will have its reward. All right, so when you and I conserve energy and reduce waste, yes, it's about being a good trustee of God's creation, but it's also caring for people caring for other people to the point of keeping them alive. So when we do our job, we reveal God to people, we're caring for people, but watch this. Third and finally, for this teaching part, we're providing for future generations. And the older I get, you know, as a parent and, and grandparent, I think a lot about questions like, what kind of church are we gonna leave behind for the next generation? And what kind of planet are we going to leave behind for the next generation? Uh, I refuse to just go deaf or be in denial or just think selfishly about, well, we're going to have enough to keep us going as long as I live. You know, the consequences of deforestation, soil erosion, uh, declining biodiversity, it's just, it's not looking good for the future generations. So it's not just about you and me in our lifetime. If I love the next generation, I will care for the planet that they live on. Uh, here's a quote, don't know who wrote it, but I sure like it. Listen to this, a society grows great when old men plant trees under whose shade they know they shall never sit in. Pastor Jan was hosting one of our weekend services, one of our online gatherings a few weekends ago, and she reminded me about something that I said years ago that she thought fit in uh, when she was hosting. And I guess I said years ago, I wanna leave every place better than when I arrived. And I was talking about every neighborhood I lived in, every relationship I was a part of every community or city I ever lived in, every conversation I had. I wanna leave people better off when I leave than when I first arrived. But you know that, that is so true of the planet. The purchases I make, what I do with what I have, how I handle the resources that I am given, uh, you know, everything, I could do things like composting and tree planting, but imagine if we all, imagine if the thousands of us that are part of the One Church TO community all took on those 10 challenges that the Love Army have presented. Man, with joy, we could just know that we're just, to the best of our ability, leaving this place better than when we first arrived. And that's exactly what Jesus did. In a few moments, we're gonna be having communion. <laughs> you know, remembering what Jesus did for us, 
you left a perfect environment, Lord, to come to our messed up one, the one that we messed up, <laughs> so that one day we could be with you in heaven forever. Oh, Jesus, thank you that you always leave whatever you come to better than when you found it. at the end of a three-week series that's been on Pastor Jonathan's heart regarding the planet. What, what's going to change? What about this? Get outside and be replenished. You know, researchers tell us that two hours a week, that's where it really starts to help you with your mental, emotional, even your physical health. What about this? Um, be a better trustee of the planet. You know, Love Army's given us those 10 challenges. Every one of us can do that for the rest of our lives and make a big difference. And then what about this? Worry less. You say, what's the series on the planet got to do with worrying less? Well, listen to two truths Jesus shares with us in the Gospels. He says this, consider how the wild flowers grow. <laughs> Man, you consider how the wild flowers grow. And then Jesus' point is, if God clothes them, you know, uses them to decorate the planet that way. Look at that beauty, that design. He, he's got you. <laughs> Listen to what something else Jesus says. He says, look at the birds of the air. He said, you know, your heavenly father never misses one of their funerals, keeps good track of them. And he says, you're so much more valuable. <laughs> Made in my image, you human. You're so much more valuable than any birds of the air. You're made to live forever. You know, so it's just when you get into God's creation, Jesus said that to people when he was outside and, and teaching them about the Heavenly Father and his care for not only creation, but his care for you. So you can worry less because God's got you. He's got you covered. It just causes worship to rise up in us once again, doesn't it? To say, Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Creation still obeys you 
If you haven't already, make sure you grab those two elements right now, something to drink, a little something to eat, that we can celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus. Actually, what we're about to do is a covenant renewal ceremony. Pastor Keith, in his message, he said this. He said, the better the shape the planet is in, the easier time it has in doing its job of revealing God to all of creation. And of course, the more we are made in the image of God and we're transformed, the more magnetic that is for others to see the Creator in us. So this is a renewal ceremony. These two emblems remind us that God loves us, God is now in us, and God is in the process of transforming us. You see, God's plan to repair this planet starts with you and it starts with me. So Jesus, and it's recorded by the Apostle Paul, and those first century believers, he, he took the bread in his last meal with his disciples on the night he was betrayed, and he said this, he took the bread and he gave thanks over it, and he broke it saying, this is my body, do this in remembrance of me. Now, the, the bread came from the dirt, just like every human has been created from the dirt of the earth. And we are reminded in this moment that it is broken, just like Jesus was broken, so that God could come in and break the power of sin in our life with Jesus' record. So let's take the bread together. In the same way, he took the cup. 
And he, after he blessed the cup, he said, this is my new covenant, a new covenant that we now have, which is a new established way. Now it's by grace we are saved. All of a sudden we get Jesus' record applied to our life as opposed to trying to transform ourselves or trying to be a perfect version of ourselves, which we all fall short at. Instead, we get Jesus' record now. And we celebrate that by remembering that his very lifeblood flowed out of him so that God's very life could be flow into us. He was laid down so we could be raised up. Let's take the cup together. So as we head back into worship, those words of the song and the chorus, and this speaks to all of creation where it says, if the stars were made to worship, so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, well, so will I. If the oceans roar your greatness, so will I. Friends, let in, let's in response to this covenant relationship we have now with Jesus, let's worship him. God of salvation, you chased down my heart through all of my failure and pride. created light of the world abandoned in darkness to die and as you speak a hundred billion failures disappear when you lost your life so I can find it
Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time. Thank you.